Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fusum. I'm Aaron. I'm Drew. And we're picking up where we left off last video, which might have been yesterday, might have been three days ago. I'm not quite sure when I'm releasing this yet. But the important part is it's part two of our War of the Spark review. So in the first half, we talked about a handful of cards, maybe about a dozen, alongside uh, the mechanics in the sets and how that, uh, you know, proliferating stuff might, inter might interact with your standard cube. We're back with the back half uh, of what ended up being a fairly a deeper set than I ever would have thought it would have been. But Especially when previews started. Yeah. But, that being said, before we get into uh, the back half, I want to thank our sponsor, the Matterbase, your home base for all things Magic the Gathering. Uh, make sure to check us out. They have everything from Pauper, Austin's on a longer hiatus than we are, uh, Cube, Standard, Arena, not Vintage, don't, yeah, don't go to Vintage. A bunch of stuff. Anyway, Matterbase.com. So, we're going to pick up this week with, week, day, today, with Ilreg, is that the name of it? The Raze Boar? I don't know, maybe Ilharg? Ilharg? Ilharg sounds better. I've sold this card a lot in the past two weeks, and I just look up Raze Boar because I can never remember how to pronounce or spell its first name, even though it isn't that hard. So, Ilharg the Raze Boar, that's what I'm going to go with, is a three red red, six six legendary creature boar god, Trample. When it attacks, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield, tap and attacking. Return that creature to your hand beginning the next end step. And when it dies, you may put it... Or, sorry, whenever it dies or is put into exile, you may put it third from the top of your library. Or owner's library. That's what matters. It's kind of... It's exciting, but it also... It's kind of slow. It's, it's no sneak attack. Yeah, so I think because the... The dream is, you know, if I'm playing Sneak Attack or I'm playing Through the Breach or those kind of decks, like, oh, I just have to play this boar now as another enabler of those. But that's normally not really going to fit in your deck, I think. It's a, it's going to kind of be outside of that, uh, it's the problem cards you're looking for. Like, I don't think, like, if, if I'm in those decks, I think I'm normally in some sort of reanimatory. Um, Basically unfair strategies. This yeah. Is, this is very and, fair. Yeah, Ilharg is extremely fair. Uh, while being extremely cool, I think this card fits into... Like red green uh, monsters or red green units deck, uh, better. It's just a, a stab monster. It's a five mana six six trample that sneaks into play or gives something from your hand haste or a dash. That's the that's the mechanic. Dash, yeah. Dashes something into play that uh, could be anything from a scourge trample there to a uh, grizzlebrand, depending on what kind of deck you have. But uh, the black 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 raised board. Yeah, absolutely. The black 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 Ilhark the raised board deck. But I think this card, this card will most often fit into this red-green monsters deck, and not so often the, you know, as much as I want a dream sneaking in the Emrakul deck, but I guess it fits well into the Tooth and Nail deck. You know, why not both? I can Tooth and Nail things, I can Ilhark things, so. This card is a very interesting red card, you don't get a whole lot of those. You get, that's not true, you get like, you get one interesting red card per set, but most of the time they're unplayable. And usually it's randomy, coin flippy, dispersory things <laughs> nonsense. Yeah, and annihilate random permanents. Ilharg, I like that they shoehorned him in as, uh, you know, we need a red god, and Hazard's not around, so we gotta make a boar god. Ilharg is an interesting enough card that I think I'm gonna try it, though I don't have a, I'm not gonna, you know, hold my breath on it. Well, three people wanted it in the last uh, draft we did, so. Well, I definitely, well, I'm, I definitely bought one, so I guess I'm gonna try it. We are gonna try it. But, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, another red card, less interesting, in fact, there's a thousand of this ability now. Cranko Tin Street Kingpin. Tuna red for a 1 2 uh, legendary creature goblin. Whenever Cranko attacks, put a plus one plus one counter on it, and then create a number of 1 1 red goblin 
creature tokens with power equal to, sorry. What is it? I'm not even going to switch. Yeah, it's power to... Oh, yeah, sorry. It was power. Yeah, they create a number of 1-1 red goblin creature tokens equal to Krakow's power. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a lot harder than it should have been. So it's a 3 mana 1-2, which is super unimpressive, but it attacks as a 2-3 and makes two 1-1 goblins, very much like uh, Henry Garrison. But the next turn, you get three goblins, and then four goblins. I guess worth mentioning, as opposed to all the other three drops to do similar things, the tokens don't attack. So they kind yeah. of just sit defensively. Yeah, I guess so Henry Garrison makes uh, attacking humans. This one doesn't. This one leaves them. Leaves I think them. Garrison also makes them untap. But, uh, Doesn't Garrison make them attack? You know, I'm not going to bet either way because I feel like I've been... Oh, should have done a research. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet it does, but I might be wrong. Anyway. No, the other ones, like Legion Warboss does. Yeah, Rabble Warboss Master and Gravel Master. Goblins are going in. Uh, Nijila. Yeah, all of them kind of you know make the make them attack with it. So, Krako... I think at first at first glance, you know, both Drew and I immediately wrote this card off. As there's already infinite versions of this card. Is this card actually better than uh, any of those versions? So, I, I think there's a discussion there. I think on raw stats alone, this card is better than most of them. Sans Rabble Master, I, Rabble Master killing someone yeah, extremely that's fast. That's assuming that the opponent has no response. Yeah, assuming, you know, you left your own devices... Krenko is, is going to generate the most power and kill them the second fastest behind Rabble Master, and then everybody else. But, assuming your opponent interacts with it, it doesn't come into play and generate any, any value. And, it does, it, but it does have the benefit benefit of it leaving the tokens behind so they don't just suicide, you know, pros and cons. So this one, it's more interesting. They, again, they, they gave us Legion Warboss not long ago, uh, and then there's the, you know, we've had Rabble Master forever, we've had Henry Garrison for a long time. Uh, we got Najila not that long ago, so there's a lot of versions of this. Where do you, where do you rank this in all of them? Honestly, since it doesn't prevent or give you immediate value, I'm probably saying it's fourth or fifth on the list. Bone Splitter, Rancor decks, notwithstanding. Yeah, but if you have Bone Splitter, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what? Um, Crafted War Gear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't run that card in a while, but uh. Sorry, I'm just uh, maybe backtracking here, checking what Henry Garrison does. I had it in my sideboard, and I boarded it in against someone. So I might have cut Henry Garrison very recently, so uh, it does make him tap into attacking. Okay, you think so. you would know that, anyway. This one doesn't generate generate a million, uh, immediate value, which is the reason why I cut Henry Garrison for Legion War Boss, obviously. Legion War Boss does not attack at anywhere anywhere the speed Rabble Master does, but not everybody can be called Rabble Master. I have an open slot, so Krenko's upfront stats are the weakest, <laughs> bad, but the ceiling is very high, and I think uh, I think this card warrants a test regardless. There isn't it's all like we're drowning in uh, red three drops. We're drowning in all red three drops that have similar abilities. You can just run the mono three mana make tokens deck, it's kind of boring. which is kind of what I'm running. Um, I was looking at a, a way to fit this card in my in my cube recently, and I was like, well, I'm not cutting Rabble Master. I don't really want to cut Legion War Boss, but I can make that swap if I just want to test it. But uh, I'm actually going to cut Pia, Pia Nalar. I do like Pia Nalar, but I don't like it enough to try, to you know, to, to, to keep it in over trying Crank. Do you run Rampaging Ferocidon? I do. I do run Rampaging Ferocidon. And then I have, like, another three in there that I'm probably embarrassingly forgetting. But the ceiling on Crank was very high. Very fragile. Interacts with Rancor. I'm well, sure it's fine. Probably not a reason to run Rancor. I, I guess they both Drew and I also don't play Najila, uh, because again we prefer the uh, Rabble Master, whatever. The, even Pia 
Fionalar gets the immediate token, uh, which I'll which I'll take over, which most of the time I'll take over the potential earnings of Henry Garrison uh, and uh, the. Jill. At this point, it's less similar of a card, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no more red cards. Brings us to Liliana, Dreadhorde General, face of the set, four black black legendary planeswalker Liliana, six starting loyalty. Whatever a creature you control dies, draw a card. That one's free. Plus one, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. Minus four, each player sacrifices two creatures. Minus nine, each opponent chooses a permanent they control of each permanent type and sacrifices the rest. I get really good at reading cards and I've had to read them three times. So we might have to try this a couple times. Anyway, Liliana. I'm very impressed with how it's tested. It's, and I guess I've only put it in, in Constructed, but it felt better than I expected it to be. The uh, many situations you're able to kind of slam slam this card and clear the way with the barter and blood ability that each player sacrifices to feels incredibly hard to lose. Making free creatures, those creatures creatures cast you in for free cards. If you ever get the emblem, the emblem is insane. No, <laughs> it's emblem. not an emblem. Ultimate ultimate is extremely good. Armageddon's them like it's so good. Is it cataclysm? No, it's one of each. Oh, I guess it's cataclysm is them. That's a more more accurate ability. But uh, played a way better than I expected. Well, it, it helps you diversify the black planeswalker section because there's, while well, <laughs> some colors have an abundance like white and green. White is a million. Uh, black has two, three drops. Uh, yeah, two five drops, and now uh, this Liliana. Uh, three, three five drops. Three five drops. Obnixilus, the black oath or something. Yeah. yeah plus Obnixilus. Plus Liliana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two of the most powerful planeswalkers in black are. Arguably, the Liliana Vest. Or, sorry, not Liliana Vest at all. Oh, hey, for Liliana Vest. It's, a, it's another black black drop. <laughs> Liliana the Veil and uh, Liliana the Last Hope. Uh, most people play Veil. I think Veil, this, this fits into more you know, generic shell better. Liliana the Last Hope with the, you know, milling yourself two and raise netting. You know, it doesn't work as hard, I think. Or that, it, that's death magic, too. No, no, no. There's the raise dead. Uh, last Hope mills you two, and then it, you get to raise that creature from the graveyard. Death Majesty. Middles somebody too when you make it two zombies. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of the first ability. Yeah. It's like, so, Lilia, the last hope, a very good card to construct it. She's playing Lilia. So, a lot of play in standard, some amount of play in modern. I think translates a little worse to cube, but regardless, uh, the two best Black Planeswalkers have been Liliana and Liliana. Uh, and then you kind of play some amount of mid range Black Planeswalkers, which you don't have to anymore because you can play this mid range Black Planeswalker, which I think is leagues above the rest of them. Obviously, no Liliana in the Veil, but. Very, very happy to see it regardless. Uh, not a black Elspeth Sun champion, but it's probably as close as you're going to get. <laughs> I'll get back to you now. For, na for now. Card's great. Sold out. Can't buy one for my QB yet, so I can't test it, which is a dagger. Massacre Girl. Speaking of cards, you have to test, probably. Three black black. Legendary creature. Human assassin. A lot of legendary creatures in this part of it. Uh, Menace. 4-4. Four, four. When it enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one, minus one to the turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one to the turn. Card very reminiscent of a handful of Hearthstone cards. Uh, this card would be insane in Hearthstone, but I'm not sure how good it is in cube. <laughs> well, within a very short window of time, we've gotten some black five drops that are playable, which yeah. is, we didn't have any options before, so now we got this one, and I think it might be etched out for me. Because mm -hmm. I don't think the abilities... It's kind of like an aggro-hating ability, I guess. Yeah, which, is like, which isn't bad, but... Um, but it, you, you got uh, the, the worm at six, right? Oh, yeah, you, you can't play... Uh, you pick up a mask worm. Yeah, I guess... Masker girl, masker worm. It's a good, good flavor. 
yeah, Massacre Girl. Uh, it's interesting that if it kills if it kills one creature, it gives another creature uh, minus one minus one. If it kills two creatures at the same time, it gives all creatures minus two minus two. So if, if assuming there's even a little bit of uh, one creature in play, or if there's a couple, as long as one's going to die, it's very easy to set up the chain of everybody dying. Uh, but so this card, I guess, will just this card will just never be consistent, right? It'll be extremely good or very very poor. It might just be a five mana four four with no text. Menace, no menace. Yeah, this card has maximum so Bontu. value. Like Bontu, I guess, is an example. So Bontu is a, a, a better stack monster, I guess, better stack creature. Uh, will always get value if you want it to have value. You can always get value if you want it to. Uh, obviously, it also uh, peaks in values in terms of performance. Sometimes it'll interact really, really well with your board position. Sometimes it won't. You can cash in an extra permanent or two maybe for for a card. Uh, I like the ceiling on Bontu... M- well, I, think the, I like the ceiling on Bontu more and the consistency of Bontu more. But the ceiling on Massacre Girl is insane. In the right deck, in the right matchup, this card is a 5-mana Wrathia board. But, with, with a 4-4. Four, four, so. Yeah, with the leaves back of 4-4. Four, four. Very, very powerful. So, I think both cards and other cards... Um, yeah, I guess both cards... Though, I'm not trying to compare one to the other. But now that we, like you said, we have a, kind of a healthy amount of black 5-drops, that if I'm picking between the two, that now I feel I have the option that I don't have to just auto-include any almost playable one. That I like Bontu more, has a lower ceiling is more consistent this one has a significantly higher ceiling less consistent yeah this, this card is interesting. i'm actually really happy this card exists again i do like the reference the, even though it isn't a reference at all to the, to the hearthstone card uh, this effect is, is very very powerful in hearthstone you get to uh, i guess creatures retain damage so if it's a 4-4 and attack it with a 2-2 it's now a 4-2 so you can set up this ability much easier because it remembers overturns with it no one plays hearthstone anymore well no I, there you know now that arena's out hearthstone's pretty rip arena so Anyway, Mayhem Devil. One black, red. Three, three, Devil. Who knew? Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, Mayhem Devil deals one damage to any target. We've gotten a slew of Rakdos cards lately, which is great for Rakdos, because it was one of the weaker guilds for a while. Now, it has a lot of cards. I don't know if, if all of them are good. A lot of them are Terminates. There are a lot of cards with niche abilities. The creatures, anyways. Yeah. They're all have, like hasty or sacrificey or pay one to sac- like, do damage. Timer it. Big, big Murder King fan. I, that one's an old one. Ooh, I like Murder King. So Mayhem Devil is a 3-mana three 3-3, three, three, nothing right home about. Its ability, uh, if, you, if you fit into like the Goblin Bombardments, whatever kind of strategy, you know, if you build stacks or whatever, this card kind of shoe, shoehorns into that very well. Interacts with Fetchlands. Hey. Interacts with the opponent's Fetchlands. Hey. I don't think this card's very good. <laughs> hey, you put it on the list. I did put it on the list. It's an aristocracy type I, I, Yeah, card, I do right? think, yeah, if you support this this kind of stuff at all, Mayhem Devil easily deserves a try. I am... I don't I don't want to say I'm the furthest away from that. I'm the furthest away from that. Drew is the furthest away. But if this card's really good, then uh, you're probably already... You, you know, this card probably is pretty obvious, but like, it's in the even Bontu camp of like, oh, I can play my stuff, and the Mayhem Devil will Bontu, and then draw cards, deal damage. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think this card's very, very obvious if you're already kind of playing that kind of strategy. But... Uh, pretty powerful for an uncommon, so uh, pretty powerful ability, I guess. It's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know why I put this card on the list, but uh, is the card's already bad, so that's probably why. Ral Storm Conduit. Two blue-red, legendary planeswalker Ral, four starting loyalty. Uh, whenever you cast a copy, or whenever you, yeah, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Ral Storm Conduit deals one damage to target opponent planeswalker. Plus two, scry two. That's not true at all. Plus two, scry one, minus two, copy your next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn. Uh, you may choose new targets for that copy. 
You said it is it's like weak, which is true. It's getting but better. But they also have just a lot of planeswalkers. They do from. have a lot of planeswalkers. That's so probably where, the best part about is it. So where does this rank up on the like planeswalkers? You can play a thousand fire ice effects and now a thousand rails. I and a deck. Uh, I think this card's interesting. I, I let's say I'm playing in a in a power environment where Dak is obviously king. Um, but if you play support store literally storm, um, and again specifically powered, this card is interesting. It kind of grape shots for free. Um, it decks that you can rip through your deck really, really quickly. It just has this, the static ability is fairly, is, is fairly good. But only in that specific instance. I think if I'm not playing that kind of that kind of cube, so he's like a Tezzeret. Yeah, he's like a he's like a the, the red blue Tezzeret kind of. Um, so like if because I don't play that kind of strategy, I just play Rallys at Viceroy. That card is uh, just a uh, medium monster. It's medium like, minus. Kind of. The card's fine. It does what you need to do with Flame Don't Confuse things. It draws you cards. It's very, very modest. This card is much more of a, a role player. So, if this card fits into kind of what you're already doing, you like Storm a lot, maybe it's worth trying out. But only that kind of instance where I think this card is good. Otherwise, I think this card is actively bad. Sorry, not bad. It scrolls. It has a lot of loyalty. <laughs> right? It goes from 4 to 6 to 8. It scrolls up very fast. So, yeah, I don't know if... I, like, I don't know... Again, assuming I'm not trying to abuse the static ability, even Ralph Zarek. Is like a bad flame Kung <laughs> that can untap grim monoliths and stuff. So I don't know quite where Ralph fits, but its its static ability is powerful. That's kind of what's on the list in the first place. The not get approved. This card has to be drew approved. It's like maybe the most boring card. No, that's not sure. The most boring card is on that that we're going to talk about isn't even on the main list of cards we're talking about. Return to nature. One degree an instant. Choose one. The short target artifact. The short target enchantment. Or remove or exile target card in the graveyard. It's just strictly better naturalize. So I can hate graveyards. If I had this last cube draft, yeah, I would have won that match because it uh, cut the ribbons in the graveyard. And I was just gonna die to this exsanguinate. Just gonna got rid of it. Uh, but I run a few disenchants in my list, and I like running at least one main deck usually if I can afford to. And there's one I play the one green three per cast glass for last one. And that one, yeah, I don't know the name of that one. It's a little, it's it's it has something to do with returning in nature and nature. It might be, it might be, it might be back mm -hmm. to nature. No, back to nature is the destroy all enchantments. But uh, I didn't like when I read this card that it removes it hates something from the graveyard. I hate tacked on graveyard removal. Yeah. But I think I'm okay with this one. I don't want too much of it though. Yeah, having the you know incidentally hating out uh, archetype, you have to work pretty hard to to get. It's kind of a downer. Yeah, but. This is the most playable I think naturalized has ever been. Uh, I'm not a I'm not sold on let's say Crossing Grip with split second. I don't think that makes it uh, bumps it up enough for me to want to play just a naturalized effect. But this naturalized effect isn't just a naturalized effect. So I'm a fan. I'm not playing it because I'm not. My list is a little smaller. I don't I don't think I need it. I think I can find this affecting creatures most of the time. But uh, I'm not playing it. But yeah, I think this card is actually very very good. It's a very very good common. <laughs> Unfortunately, Simic hasn't been as lucky or as fortunate as is it. Not that is it's gotten a lot of help. It's got a bit where Simic's gotten uh, Hydro Crisis. That's pretty much it. But now it has Rollisk Apex Hybrid. Two blue, blue. That's not true at all. Two green, green, blue. So five mana, four, five, flying, trample, legendary creature, human mutant. Mutant is a good creature type. I thought it was a beast until I looked at the art closer. I thought it was like a swooping like bird type creature. No, it's got wings and crab arms. One Rollisk Apex Hybrid and it's a battlefield, but two plus plus one counters on another target creature you control. And when he dies, proliferate, then proliferate again. 
So it's just a 4 mana, 4, 5, Flying Trample that buffs another creature when it comes into play and maybe interacts with your board. It's like a mini Gearhulk, Green Gearhulk. Yeah. Um, I'm, at face value, I'm not super impressed with this card. I think this card will probably play out better than I think it will. It, it kind of fits into what you know, Blue Green decks kind of want to do. Has evasion, trample, buffs another guy. Uh, I don't know how relevant the proliferate's going to be. You would imagine is this going to buff whatever creature it buffed, but it's not always the case. But interact planeswalkers, who knows? The the problem is it's just straight up by any definition a mid range card, and I just don't like putting in cards that hey, this is for your mid range deck. Because any card can go in a mid range deck. Yeah, that's uh, it's very true. I uh I don't have much of a I don't know how to feel with this card. I think this card you probably have to play it a bit just to get a feel for it. I know the proliferating part of this card will probably be more attractive to not cube formats, but... It's Simic. It's Simic. You can't you really can, go wrong. Kind of just jam a bunch of cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, It'll perform just as well as you what, picked what, the other five different cards. What's his name? Uh, Sagumoller was a card that uh, yeah. played longer than I like Sagumoller. So. That card is uh, the fine. definition of a mid-range monster, so... That's what it says, Evasion. Hey, I don't know. Go back to Simic's Skyswaller. Ooh, you can actually order Simic's Skyswaller. Anyway, uh, Sahili Sublime Artificer. Artificer? Artificer. One uh, hybrid blue, uh, blue red, blue red. You say, is it? Yeah. Three Whatever. mana. Five starting loyalty. Legendary Planeswalker Sahili. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, create a 1 1 colorless servo artifact creature token. And then minus two, target artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control until the end of turn. Except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. There's a lot of text on this. It's the worst of it's not really relevant. Makes a so, one copy something. Yeah, pretty much. It summed up pretty easily. Uh, Sahili is uh, interesting. It fit, in the, now the, the even bigger camp of uh, is it Planeswalkers. Sahili, I think, is more interesting, especially than the, the aforementioned um, Ral, but similar, but but uh, but gives good along the same vein, if that makes sense. Obviously, these heavy cantrip decks. You know, Phoenix is a is pretty big player in standard right now. It's a, it's a very big player in modern. Um, it's uh, harder to remove Young Pyromancer effect. Or there's, like, there's a lot of things that make this. But Young Pyromancer is probably the most people play the most. Uh, that also could turn your bums into not bums. Temporarily. <laughs> Temporarily. Uh, so this card... Twice. Yeah. So Only twice. Without the, the copying effect. So this three mana hard to remove uh, Young Pyromancer effect. That effect is almost appealing enough for me to want to play, especially if you're playing the uh, Is It Spells you know, camp of cards. It's, uh, again, difficult to move. Five starting loyalty. You can kind of jam it. Turn three, pretty safe. And then it just starts protecting itself, you know, working for you. And then it can also just happen to turn, you know, if you have something relevant to play, a servo into something good. Or, again, if you're playing just, uh, again, if you're playing a power environment, you can turn a not-so-good ma- like mana artifact into something else, a payoff, payoff card later on, like a worm coil or a literally anything, a memory jar, a big, a big mana artifact. It kind of does more in the power environments. Um, at face value, uh, I like the card a lot just on off that. I think this card might play worse in, in obviously in a limited environment, in a cube environment, just because you can't guarantee your deck to have kind of streamlined of all these cantrips to make it kind of powerful enough. I think we could sum it all up into is it's good in powered? environments and wearing is it cards get a lot and, better in power environments. <laughs> in other environments but uh, i guess uh, along a similar vein of young pyromancer uh it's difficult to have enough enablers you like young pyromancer it's a healy and well, those kind of cards it's and then spell, enough cantrips right? to kind of yeah, have the same problem that all the other types of cast non-creature spells like 
yeah. you need a critical mass, and it's hard it's, to it's do the, it's it, limited. You can't, you, can't, you can't guarantee it, but again, um, I am not afraid to try any Izzet cards, <laughs> because it's kind of weak. So I'm going to be trying Saheli out, uh, just for another kind of medium performer, just because that's kind of what all it is, is medium performers. Uh, in my non-powered cube, and I think it scales pretty well in tra traditional power cubes, so... Yeah, I think it's worth a try. I uh, like the anime art a lot. It's nice. <laughs> Drew's not going to play this card, absolutely not. Drew's going to play more fire races. This card also kind of snuck its way on here. But uh, Sarkin the Masterless. Three red red. Sar Legendary Planeswalker Sarkin. Five starting loyalty. Whenever a creature attacks you or a Planeswalker you control, each dragon you control deals one damage to that creature. Uh, plus one, until the turn, each Planeswalker you control becomes a 4-4 red dragon creature and gains haste, or gains flying, sorry. Minus three, create a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying. So what, best case scenario, you make a dragon, they attack you, forget it has an ability, wrath their board. No, 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 absolutely not. This, this card is just like, well, yeah, you know, best case, they attack a bunch of one ones for some reason. They, yeah. they play with themselves. But this card, more often than not, is just going to be five mana... Five mana that makes a four-four flying dragon token uh, that leaves us, that leaves Sarkin behind that happens to threaten a eight damage the following turn. So it's five mana, you get a four-four flying dragon, and then you get the potential of Sarkin turning into an additional four-four flying dragon, or your other planeswalkers turning into a four-four flying dragon. Yes, it's not really a planeswalker in traditional sense. It's more of just yeah. a creature that comes along with it, an additional uh, yeah ability. Kind of, uh, kind of like the the Varix Bladewing Broodmate Dragony kind of like thing. It, it's harder to remove because it's a Planeswalker, but it doesn't have a lot of text outside of that. Um, it brings a brings a pal, and then uh, hopefully sticks around to attack, which uh, is isn't hard, you know. But I don't know where I want this card. Admittedly, there's a lot of the, like there's a lot of this kind of Sarkin. It's probably it's better than the the five mana Sarkin from. I think it's probably better than the Fate Forge one, the like that Flame Slash or something, and then it starts animating your dragon. I'm not sure if the Flame the Flame Slash might be better. It's hard to say. It has immediate impact. Yeah, because you, you can, can play, play it to kill something. You can play it and attack with it, right? Against haste. I'm not sure. I did run it at one point. Yeah, I did too. Red Plains Walkers. I, I don't been believe a little... it does for some reason, but maybe. All right. Well, Circle of the Masterless. I got red. Uh, red is another color that doesn't uh, isn't. I guess doesn't have a lot of planeswalkers to play with. Obviously, there's Tor Tor Chandra Torture Defiance. Eh, there's a bunch of other stuff. I like the six mana Chandra. I like six mana Chandra too, but like I wouldn't, I wouldn't really bat an eye at trying out something else over it. But it's not the Masterless isn't uh, quite interesting enough. I'm not really looking for an aggressive planeswalker. I think if I wanted a, an aggressive one, I'd play Koth. I think it's something to say that Red particularly has a glut of fives and not, nothing really at six other than Infernal Titan. So six yeah. mana Chandra has a lot going for it. Like Sark of the Masterless is a good mid range. Uh, Planeswalker, like again, if I want Egro, I'm gonna play Koth. If I want, you know, Chandra Torture Finds is this is the bad, the best in a vacuum, and then you have kind of a lot of just mid ranger options after that. So I'm not super excited about Nas Sarkin, but you can make your tribal Planeswalker deck have a win condition. You just turn more dragons. Tolsmere, friend of friend to wolves, is the next card. Two green, green, white. 3-3 three, three, Legendary Creature Elf Scout. When Tolsmere and his battlefield create Voja, friend of elves, a friend to elves, a legendary 3-3 three, three, green and white wolf creature token. 
Whenever a wolf enters a battlefield under your control, you gain three life, and that creature fights up to one target creature you don't control. Oh, I, you know what? I didn't realize until literally reading right now that it isn't a May. It has to fight something. That's interesting. Is this another string of cards that just kind of made on the list? Uh, no, this is, uh, again, uh, Selesnia, so Selesnia isn't a weak color combination. There's a lot of options, but a lot of them are kind of just um, efficient small guys. And then uh, you know, the Sigarda or Murray's Wake or big, big, bigger, flashier effects. So uh, Tolsmere uh, is kind of the middle ground. It's uh, well, not middle ground. It's a, it's a, a Selesnya Hunmaster of the Fells. Five mana, two three threes, gain three life, fight something. It does a lot of things for five mana. For, for some reason, when you said Celestia Huntmaster of the Fells, I like it a little more now. <laughs> it interacts well with Huntmaster of the Fells. It, master, it, it, it uh, interacts well with uh, Master of the Wild Hunt. You know, a lot of wolves, but. It's the uh, four drop and higher deck that loses to everything. I mean, <laughs> so uh, Toll Spear, like, again, five mana, make two, three, three, threes, gain three life, maybe fight something. It, all, a lot of that's good. Would you rather have Toll Spear or something like uh, Tristani and Discordant? I like Tristani yeah. a lot. Uh, Tristani is a five mana, one five, make two, one ones, give and your an team, an anthem right? team plus yeah, right. one. So I also think, I just, I just, I like that more. They're both. <laughs> You know, I imagine you, cast, you can you can you can uh, enter you, you you swap one with the other, and you're not gonna make, notice that much of a difference. But yeah, I don't know. This card's interesting. It's a uh, it's a lot going on in the art. I really don't. I actually don't like the art. But that's one of my things I don't on. like about it. I really don't like uh, how Tolsmere actually looks. To be honest, I like he's fighting all the Eternal guys. That's cool. But anyway, yeah, this card is uh, I don't know. Like we talked earlier about how white white five drops are all either like Lara effects or make a bunch of guys effects, and then green five drops where we have like uh, also are like uh, I don't know thread tusk effects or go wide effects like range termites or Bajakus or I guess you have a uh, what's the name uh, Gear Hulk, Cynic uh, Slime that kind of stuff. So green white is already kind of chock full of these value five drops. Or the Valley Five Drops are big idiots. You're just talking everyone out of playing this card. I'm talking myself out of playing it, probably. But, uh... It's good. <laughs> just, yeah, on paper, I'm sure this card is fine. It's unfortunately in a fairly competitive guild. But, uh... Yeah, I think I just played Tristani over it. There's, like, a, a more recent card that's come out. But... <laughs> Tomic, Distinguished Advocist. White, white, 2-3. Legendary creature, human advisor. That's flying, and lands on the battlefield, and land cards in your graveyard. Can't be the target of abilities your opponent controls. Uh, your opponent can't play lands from his graveyard. From sorry, their graveyard. This card is a two has a lot of irrelevant text. White, white, two, three, flying. This is a strictly worse stormfront Pegasus. <laughs> Just so you know. Well, you can't get wastelanded or strip mined. Yeah, but I could I could cast it as opposed to this. Yeah, white, white. this white white part is is kind of a dagger. <laughs> as someone who ran both Mesa Pegasus and Stormfront Pegasus not that long ago. Not interested. Well, Stormfront Charger and... Mistle Charger. And Mistle Charger, that's the one. There we go. Yeah, Tomic... I needed something. One of the lines of... One of the second... Two lines of text had to ha be relevant, and I'd be super into play it, but being hard to cast, I'm pretty out. If you support Mono White a lot, you know, you know deep as Banalish Marshall, then the stat... Then, you know, the mana cost doesn't hurt you too much, it's fine. But outside of that, I'm, uh, I'm not... I don't support Crucible Worlds. If you're a big Crucible Worlds cube, then this card will be good against that trash. Ugin the Ineffable. I'm going to assume that's how it's pronounced. Sure. Six generic mana. Legendary Planeswalker Ugin. Starts with four loyalty. 
Colorless spells you cost uh, you cast cost two less to cast. Plus one. Exile top card of your library face down and look at it. That's what it tells you to look at it. Create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that creature leaves the battlefield, put that exiled card into your hand. Minus three. Destroy target permanent. That's one or more colors. They just couldn't put manifest, obviously, because it's a keyword from a different set. But this card is manifest. It's the top card of your library. Oh, well, I sneak in heroic in the sets all the time. Well, don't the, there's, there's cards with heroic that don't have heroic, too. Right. So this card manifests the top card of your library. And when that, when that card dies, you draw it. Uh, and then destroys a, a permanent one more colors. Again, another card that at least uh, when, when it got spoiled, I was super unimpressed with. But it's hard to disregard the your your colorless spells cost two less to cast. In cube, not so much. But in constructed, seems like there's, there's a lot of room to grow there. But we're looking at cube, not constructed. So for six mana, you get yeah, plus one, make a two two that's going to draw you a card uh, every turn. Similar to maybe uh, Liliana, who makes a two two draws you a card, uh, which is very good. You know. Uh, but uh, three mana destroy destroy permanence one of our colors is okay, and then uh, the static ability. I think well I I think I want to say changes a lot based on your cube makeup, but I actually don't know if that's true because again Probably when not. you're kind of chalking your filling your deck with these kind of cards you know you're getting into the realm of payoff cards, and Ugin isn't isn't really that kind of card but at the same time, it's uh, you're not really gonna feel bad if it's jamming this for six and making you two two every turn. In all fairness to Ugin. There's not a lot at the 5 and 6 and 7 drop slot in Colas that are playable cards. Like, some people uh, cut off Worm Coil, too powerful for them. Uh, and then you can, uh, Ugin's, like, not bad, but it's kind of medium. Yeah, I guess, uh, if you look at, like, let's, look, let's say you look at the big boys, look at Karn and other Ugin. Uh, they're both obviously, you know, with uh, Ugin... Eight-man Ugin? Eight-man Ugin. Why am I forgetting his name? Eight mana Ugin, being the best. Karn being okay, being good. So I don't, I don't want to downplay Karn. And then on the other side of the coin, you have four mana Karn, who uh, is also just a good four mana card engine. So Ugin's Ugin the ineffable is kind of stuck in the middle. Uh, it's not really a card efficient machine like uh, four mana Karn, and isn't really a big boy like seven mana Karn and eight mana Ugin. So yeah, I I don't think I'd want to play this card over any of those three specifically, um, but. Again, I, I'm trying not to downplay the the, the the static ability, but maybe maybe because of that, I'm overrating the card a bit. Plus one, make a two two, draw a card like can never be bad. And I guess that's why uh, we're looking at this card altogether. But big fan of Darkens art. It also has a sweet Amir. Oh, that's good. I like that art. I, yeah, uh, I like it. Big fan. The eh, horns look like fan. they're uh, transposed in the they're, front of the card. They're glowy. So we have the last couple cards. A couple of Vivian related cards. So, first we've got Vivian, Champion of the Wilds. Two to green. Uh, legendary Planeswalker Vivian. I don't know if I need to say that. I probably don't need to say that. <laughs> Four starting loyalty. You may cast creature spells as though they have flash. Plus one. Until your next turn. Up to one target creature, creature gains vigilance and reach. That was or reach. That's good. That's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, minus two. Look at the top three cards of your library. Exile one face down. And put the rest on the bottom in any order. For as long as that card remains exiled. You make look at that card and cast it if it is a creature. So this card, more three mana planeswalkers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very curious how much Wizards tested these three mana planeswalkers. There's so many of them, and we're two or three days after the set release, and they already see a lot of play across multiple formats. Most of them are blue, 
Blue's pretty good. <laughs> but I, I, like, I wonder how much. Like, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna nerf their abilities, but we're gonna give them static abilities. You know, that that's the trade off. So I wonder if like immediate impact that you get regardless. Yeah. So I guess a lot of uh, similar. I guess when you talk about this card, this card. When you cast it, probably doesn't have an immediate impact. Assuming you play it on curve, it doesn't. It's not really going to do anything that turn. Giving something vigilance and reach is fine. It helps protect itself. But the giving a creature is flash probably doesn't do anything immediately. But the ones that are seeing play, I guess, like the ones that are seeing play in the standard to vintage, uh, have the you know your opponent only draw one card a turn, like those kind of abilities. That again don't do anything immediately, but they affect the course. They affect the they affect your opponent right away. So anyway, back to Vivian. Vivian has a lot of things, a lot of good going on with it. It's giving all the things stuff flash, very like uh, like Yeva, Nature's Herald. <laughs> good throwback when that card is playable. I'm a big fan of Yeva, <laughs> so I like the, I like Vivian a little more now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that part is interesting. It's it's definitely fun. I'm not sure how good it is, but it's definitely gonna keep your opponent on their on the toes. The plus ability is a way to defend itself, but mostly a way to activate its minus ability twice instead of only uh, or three times even. Nope. I guess you can activate it twice regardless. Well, it's a plus. So More than two times. A lot. It's a three-mana card that permanently affects how you can play the rest of the game and can draw you cards. So there's a lot of upside to this card. I'm not sure if I like it more... It's splashable. It's extremely splashable. I'm not sure if I like it more than, let's say, five-mana Vivian, because I really like how five-mana Vivian's played out. I like three-mana Nisa. Vivian's, Vivian's like a little boring, the, the five-mana one, but it does everything you need it to. It naturalizes. Uh, plummets for some reason. Draws you cards. It's a bow. Um, and a lot of bows. We're going to talk about the bow in a second here. Where this this Vivian, uh, you know, at a significantly cheaper price, doesn't do as much, but it still draws it still draws you cards, uh, and then it still impacts the game. So it's the trade off of you know at a better deal is this flash ability powerful enough? And I think this it, it's probably pretty close to try out. Uh, Green does have a lot of planeswalkers. There's a slew of Garrick's, a slew of there's a bunch of Vivians, there's a Fraley's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of... There's a couple nieces. A lot of nieces, I don't know how I found nieces. So, with so many options, I think I'm not... I, better than Garrick Wildspeaker, I'm not hard-sold on almost any other one that I think Vivian Champion of Wilds is probably worth testing at some point. But I'm super poor, so I'm not going to try so it right now. We're probably going to try it later. I, I buy all the rest of the World of Spark cards, the one that I'm more excited about, like Ill Rag, whatever his name is. Ill Hard. So Vivian, we're going to try it out later. Ill Rag. Ill Rag. But true plays three mana Nisa. You said is it, it's it, it's more different. Yeah, it uh, gives you more abilities to do yeah. different types. Oh, it's of good things. with your roll rollisk deck because you can proliferate all your counters. Anyway, it's true. I think Vivian's interesting. Uh, I'll probably be trying it out at some point. But big fan of the artist. Same person did the Chant Torch Find stuff like that. All right, brings to the end Vivian's Arc Bow. What a green legendary artifact. Tap X. And it's discard a card. Look at the top X cards of your library. You may put a creature card with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. I wonder how long in playtesting the test of this says discard a creature card. Yeah, instead of just discard a card. Yeah, I, that, that's what makes it playable. When I first read this card, I just assumed it was discard uh, a creature card. Thankfully it isn't. You get to turn extra duds uh, later in the game to not duds. Uh, I initially kind of wrote this card off as like a as a Sentinel Flute. This card's significantly better than a Sentinel Flute. It's kind of the Birthing Pod that isn't a Birthing Pod that, well, might just play better than Birthing Pod. Because Birthing Pod, I guess, is the, the obvious, the easy comparison. Uh, you need to build a curve for it. More powerful, but you need to have the right... You need, you, need to, you need to draft accordingly, where I can't just, like, 
open it their pack and like, ah, this will fit in my deck. Fever Dark Pool, on the other hand, I'm playing a lot of guys. This card's probably just going to fit in my deck. So, once it's six in play, especially in certain matchups against control and stuff, that card's going to be a nightmare. I can flash into stuff into play in a turn. It's the a card has a ton of play. It's a good card that fits in the green that doesn't... Green just has a lot of creatures. Right? Yeah. So, and it's this a, card helps yeah. facilitate It's a that. great way to keep the, kind of the, 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 card, the, the quality card flow going on, stuff like that. A card I was playing with, uh, actually, a lot of success for the past probably year has been evolutionarily as a uh, different survival of the fittest, I guess, because I, when I transitioned to Legacy... Legacy Legal. I started playing... Uh, I guess I played Leap before that, but I'm actually very happy with how that card performs. You turn kind of bums into better bums. <laughs> or at least you turn them into a card. And Vivian's Arco does something very similar, work, but it can turn any card into, you know, a good card, so... Uh, I'm definitely excited to try the card out. I've played about uh, played against it a little bit in Standard, and I've already been fairly impressed with how it's performed. Admittedly, I was not impressed at all, but I'm more than happy to, you know, be wrong about this card. <laughs> Especially in a, in a color that doesn't get a lot of dynamic cards. You know, they get a lot of those, like, value guys, but now you can get value off them off of Vivian's Arc Bow as, as an instant. That's great. That's it. I guess that's all All the main cards I want to talk about. Some of them maybe shouldn't have been on the main roster, but we're talking about them anyway. You know, looking at you, Ralph. But, uh, like we said at the end of the first episode, we said a bit at the beginning of this episode, uh, for a set that's looked not super promising out of the gate, uh, obviously with the, the proliferate mechanic and things that interact and uh, support Planeswalker, it's difficult to fit into a limited limited environment or cube environment specifically when we're picking picking and choosing what cards we want to play. But ultimately, a lot of the Planeswalkers, uh, which I guess were, I thought were going to be the easiest includes, there's not as many as I thought they'd be. But then the rest of the supporting cast ended up being better than I thought it'd be. Yeah. So, uh, less home runs than, than average sets, but a lot more uh, I think I think a lot more potential than uh, most sets, if that makes sense. So, overall, very happy. But I guess there are a couple cards that uh, were on the short list that we didn't uh, make the uh, main roster that we can talk about briefly. But uh, Chandra Fire Artisan at face value, that card is just a bad Chandra Torch Defiance, which is which is correct. That doesn't make it bad, but like if you're already playing Chandra Torch Defiance, might make it bad. I want might make diversity. Um, Narset part. Uh, Parter of the Veils, another card I've talked about, uh, I've mentioned a handful of times in this part of the episode. Very powerful effect. Uh, I don't know if it translates exactly well to Cube. It is, uh, I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's a, it's a Jace Bellerin replacement. It does, like, Searcher's Canter you, you know, twice, but then doesn't activate again. The static ability doesn't really do anything. Most of the time, not in Cube, so, uh, you know, can leave it by the side. Uh, Liliana's Triumph. That card's great. It's not on the list because it's just really boring. Yeah, if you play Diabolic Edict, you should play Liliana's Triumph. That card's just better. <laughs> Potentially better. What if you play Lil no Liliana's? It's still... Well, then it, I guess then it isn't better. If you play no Liliana's, it's not better. And you need to Edict yourself, it's not better. But most times, I imagine for 99% of the world, it's just going to be better. Uh, Commence the Endgame uh, is an interesting... I don't know why that's not true. It's not an interesting card. Six mana Divination is not interesting. But it's uncounterable. Instant Divination. Yeah, it's it's uncounterable. It's gonna make a big guy. Uh, it's not uh, comparable, but not comparable to Torrential Gear Hulk. It's a way to give the blue decks kind of a I'm gonna resolve or uh, I'm gonna resolve. I'm gonna have a threat. You know, draws me cards. It's kind of everything the blue decks want to do regardless. But it's not fun. But it's not flashy at all. Uh, what else we got? We got Eternal Taskmaster, which which uh, probably would have been playable five years ago when Black Creature is really bad. So that two mana, two three attacks, you can pay three to raise that something. Oh, it's like the shambling guy from Origins. Yeah, that card's like super boring. 
Uh, Grim Initiate, one mana, one, one. First strike guy, somebody dies, make another guy. You know, like Aristocrats a lot. Why not? Grim Initiate. Teferi, Time Reveler. Uh, extremely frustrating that they print another very good blue-white Planeswalker in the same standard format, which seems kind of bizarre. But it's still not as good as Teferi, uh, five out of Teferi. So, while, uh, while good isn't anywhere close to five out of Teferi. Uh, Tyrant Scorn, you know, if you want Smother and Unsummon taped together in an efficient Demir spell, that's what you're looking at. The card is good, but Blue's recently kind of been taken over by, or sorry, Demir has been taken over by creatures, of all things. And then, uh, Cure Behemoth uh, Beckoner. This card I actually like a lot, and I'm actually going to be testing uh, out of the gates. But, is it anything, again, to, to necessarily write home about? So I'm sure that, I, I think the card will end up playing better than I think, which is why I'm going to test it initially. They kind of ferocious. Yeah, you know, it's a three mana hard to remove, ramps you, can draw you cards. I I, I want to say that I, I'm trying because like, I'm so impressed with how powerful I think this uncommon is, but the rarity shouldn't matter. <laughs> Either way, uh, and, uh, card I'm, and I'm also excited about, but yeah, like I said, this uh, the set's been fairly deep with cards that we want to talk about, cards that I think will be kind of a longer impact than I would have would have ever guessed, so very happy with the set overall. Set's selling insane at the store level, and that's, we've sold out of all our pre-release kits, we've almost sold out of all our boxes, like, these Japanese boxes we got in, we sold out of three boxes in, in a day. Insane. <laughs> Any word on the polls? No full aliens. <laughs> ah, so... Anyway, again, we'd like to thank Matabase, uh, your home base for all things Magic Gathering. They'll help us keep the lights on around here, literally. Uh, give us this fancy trash can to uh, hold my laptop on. That's good. But uh, make sure to check them out for all, all things Magic Gathering, from uh, cube to standard, and things in between those things that I assume people play. I don't play cube. So that's not anyway, that'll be it for today. I'm Aaron. I'm Drew. And uh, thanks for watching. Hopefully we'll be back. In less than a month. <laughs>